Stardate 1007.2021. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I'm your reluctant captain, Mike Garcia, and with me on the view screen, we have... Mariah Gossett. And you, your uh, your Klingon uh, Lower Decks red shirt, Grant Davis. Kapow! <laughs> Kapla! Um, uh, our fourth uh, crew member, Clyde, will, will, I think, be joining us soon. He'll be beaming onto the set soon. Um, but this week, we are continuing our trek through Lower Deck Season 2 with a review of the ninth episode of Season 2. Mariah, pronounce this for me. Uh, it actually translates to three ships. So mm-hmm. if we want to use that, we can. But Wait, yeah, it's the it's, first title ever in Klingon. So it's Wage Dush. Wage Dush. Wage Dush. Yeah. Everything in Klingon ask. sounds so aggressive. <laughs> it's like, hey, how many ships do you have? Wage Dush. All right. Cool. Three hey, Clyde's here. Clyde. Welcome to the stream, Clyde. Does he know he's here? Hi, Clyde. What's up? We just started. <laughs> All right. What's up, man? Sorry. I was having audio issues. I was making sure that, you know, you All could right. hear me. I could hear you. So we're going to talk about Wedush, something like that. Uh, we'll be talking uh, <laughs> low-key hothead Vulcans, helpful pet Targs, and rocket boots, my favorite. Uh, but first, uh, Mariah, tell people how we can help, how our listeners, our viewers can help out the pod. And where they can find us. Yes. So there's a couple of ways that you can interact with us on the internet. So you can just go to StarTrekPod.co to find links to everything. So you don't have to hear me talk about it over and over again. But that's where you can find our socials. It's where you can find our Patreon links. It's where you can find all the ways to download the audio version of this podcast or to watch us. Uh, especially if you would like to watch us live, definitely make sure you check out us on uh, check us out on YouTube. And uh, you can hit subscribe as well as that little notification bell so you know when we're going live uh grant do you want to tell people what we do over on the patreon yeah sure if you guys want to financially support us to keep this little venture of ours going you can do so over at patreon.com slash star trek pod there you can go and make a per episode pledge and we suggest you do at least two dollars an episode because in exchange for two bucks an episode, you can join us over on our exclusive Slack channel. That's right. Join our Star Trek Slack channel with a bunch of other lovely Trekkies who are uh, are all very friendly, very welcoming, and want to just uh, bask in the greatness that is the ever-expanding world of Trek with you, with us. Uh, yeah, so they do watch-alongs. Uh, we have discussions about um, all sorts of stuff, books and, and the films and TV, and we would love to have you help us out and join us in the community. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Hey, Grant, uh, Home Chicky um, has some information for you. Although Grant never joins our watch-alongs. Because I don't want to watch the old shots fired. You have to trick him into watching the old stuff. (laughs) You have to guilt me, apparently, and it works. There, you could always join them. They rewatch Lower Decks on uh, Friday nights, so you could join for that. Very true. Uh, Clyde, tell people with how they can interact with us on the live internet. If you are watching us live on the internet. 
chat along. If you're if you're there, all you got to do is type in capital P, capital O, capital D, capital Pod, and we will take a look at your comment. If you type in capital HF, you can share your hot freaks along with us. And uh, speaking of hot freaks, let's uh, let's dive into our hot takes on this episode. But we don't call them hot takes; we call them. <laughs> So spicy. So sp- well, we're the classic. <laughs> um, all right. Who's got a hot freak uh, about this episode, season two, episode nine of Lord I do. Grant does. Do it. Go do it. Do it. I'm going to go first. And I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, this might be the best episode of the season so far. Uh, this tied in um, all of these elements that I, I just really loved about both our crew as well as as seeing these these different um, uh, plot lines kind of coincide. And we we now get the Klingons working alongside the Padlex, or at least a Klingon rogue ship. Um, we got to see what looks to be our newest addition to our Lower Decks crew in this um, deviant um, uh, Vulcan who uh, is a little bit of a thinker outside of the, the logical low-key, low-energy box. So it, I'm guessing she's going to come join the the Cerritos crew. And, you know, I, I thought it was a lot of fun seeing our, our crew as well. And um, just, I really enjoyed everything about this episode. That, that's my quick hot break. I thought Sweet. it was a fun episode. All right, who's next? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll jump on and agree with Grant. I think this was a great episode. I loved that we got to see lower decks on different ships um, that are not just Federation ships. I thought that was such a smart way for us to get to interact and see what uh, the chain of command looks like, kind of across you know the the Trek verse. And uh, honestly, the Borg at the end had me laughing harder than anything else. I agree with you, Home Chicky. It was like the credits started and then that jumped in and I was like, I watched all the way through to the end, like just waiting to see if there's any movement at all. <laughs> and there was none. And I loved it. Um, I also thought it was a really fun way for us to get to see our main characters interact with our bridge crew in interesting ways. Um, I, you know, I feel like last season we didn't love when Boimler was the main character and I'm starting to like Boimler episodes more and more. So I feel like they have really, they've done a really great job at um, changing my opinion on when we focus on Boimler more than Mariner. Um, also, the Shaq's pottery uh, scene where he is making a puppy dog shaped ashtray for his incense um, in our confirmation that he works to fight fascism every day and it is a full-time job. So yeah, I mean, overall I loved it. I thought all of the references were smart. I thought everything was really funny. I'm excited for this potential new Vulcan character. Who's probably going to come join us on the Cerritos. Um, and I, I have to look it up. Do you know who voiced our, our Vulcan uh, ext- extrovert? No, yeah. I was expecting you to tell us. So. I got to look it up. But just that question just popped uh, into my mind as I was talking. So now I'm going to have to look it up. But actor named Gabrielle Ruiz. Oh, that sounds familiar. Anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm stoked. I'm really excited. Uh, that's my hot freak. What about you, Clyde? Well, you know, I like to take any chance I, I can to disagree with Grant. But um, this won't be the day. I thought this was a great episode um there's so much that i liked about it but i think 
one of the best moments was at the end when the I guess the cadet or the the really junior ensign came over and talked to Boimler and you saw Ransom in the background kind of smiling and winking. Yeah. Like I think that if you go back to kind of last season, I don't know, the bridge crew seemed like they were the butt of jokes, right? Like, like they just weren't, it's like, Oh, this is a misfit crew and they're not that great. And now what we're seeing is we're seeing these leaders that are subtly doing things. That's very Star Trek. And so when we see ransom do that and we see the connection, um, we see how they're relating to each other. It's, it was, it, it just, it, it felt like home, you know, like for, as much as Star Trek animated series written by Rick and Morty creators uh, could feel like it felt like home. So I love that. I love seeing like everyone else said, seeing the different lower decks crews. And, and again, that made me think this is how they're much more connected across the universe than they are separate. Um, it's just kind of a lower deck thing, no matter where you are. Uh, and so I, I just, there were so many elements. It was funny. It felt complete, it felt like a complete episode from beginning to end. And there were all these little bitty touch points that I, I really enjoyed. For instance, um, Mike, you and I earlier this week had a conversation about Star Trek shirts. And I mentioned to you that it's, it's only a matter of time before you, you look up and I've got a, a, di- a discovery shirt, right? And what I'm talking about when I say discovery shirt, I like you see Tilly running around the discovery in this like shirt that says disco on it. It's like, I want that. So to see Captain Freeman walking around in a shirt that said Ritos was just like, not only was it hilarious, but I was like, that's so awesome. There are all these little touch points in this episode. Grant, you said this might've been the best episode of the season. I got to agree. Like I really enjoyed this episode. I, I'm just going to echo what everyone said. Like, this was a great episode, and Clyde and Grant, like, this was the one I was most engaged with and mm-hmm. laughing the most this season. This was just awesome. Like, this this episode gave me what what I didn't know I wanted out of Lower Decks, which was to is- expand the scope of the show and to let us see what life is like on other ships uh, from other species on the lower decks and actually make the characters that we just met in this episode, like the Vulcan and the Klingon make them characters that I was pretty much instantly attached to and cared about and found compelling and wanted to follow their stories just as much as I wanted to follow our main crew on the Cerritos. And I was laughing my ass off. I think the funniest thread for me like it was all so funny and so perfect too like they captured the klingon culture so perfectly um the the vulcan culture so perfectly but the funniest thread to me was how they kept uh they kept calling the 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 klingon outlier like so emotional and she's having all these outbursts when really she's just kind of super low-key the vulcan klingon oh the vulcan my bad pulled a grant I pulled a grant. (laughs) My turf, buddy. I confuse them. I got I got mixed up because I was looking for her name, uh, but I I can't find it. Um, Um, But that was that was probably the funniest thread for me. Um, But yeah, this one, um, and not only did it like the first 
10 minutes, I was so invested and having such a great time. But then, and I was like, wow, this is probably the best episode of the season. But then the episode got even better and threw uh, a curveball full of awesomeness when you realize this whole thing is connecting to the the simmering um, long-form arc of the season, which is uh, the Packlet attacks. And the fact that it's tied into this crazy Klingon commander or captain uh, who reminded me in his craziness and and his plot reminded me of Christopher Lloyd from uh, from Star Trek Three, Korg, mm-hmm. who tried to do the same thing. Uh, but, uh, so good, so good. So um, yeah, many thumbs up. Uh, I love this episode. Uh, I'm bummed that next week is the season uh, finale, but I'm also excited to see it. Because it's going to be like a direct sequel to this. So, yeah, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I'm super excited. And uh, so Gabrielle Ruiz, if you don't know, she was in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She's a delight in that. Um, and then the character's name is Talyn. Oh, can I say, I just looked her up. She is from the Rio Grande Valley, like me. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Uh, her captain uh, on the, the Vulcan ship was voiced by Mark Evan Jackson, by the way. Which... Uh, Mike, no you shit. And I, you and I met him once. Yeah, yeah. We what? went up and awkwardly said hello. <laughs> that man was born to voice a Klingon. Wow. Yes. Vulcan, one hundred percent. Oh my god, Vulcan. <laughs> Vulcan. I'm gonna log myself off. <laughs> You've been, I've been off. I've been moving all day. That's why I'm in mm. this blanket fort because <laughs> I don't have my studio set up, and I'm in a new place, and I'm tired. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. Your blanket for it. You got any cardboard boxes with you, Mike? That'll make right it here. better. Ooh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Can't have a fort without cardboard. I'm just there saying. they are. Um, no, I I thought that there were all these interesting things, but I did have a question. Why was the Vulcan ship so much bigger than the Cerritos? Because the Cerritos is a California class ship. <laughs> Cerritos is a piece of shit. I mean, I was <laughs> just joke. like, oh my goodness, this thing is like so tiny uh, the borg uh ship code is a is a california zip code as well which i thought was like a funny oh version. yeah 90182 mm-hmm. how funny it would have been funny if it was 90210 but that would have been that would have been really funny uh hey, we do uh, have some hot freaks from the list yes i was just gonna say uh, if you're watching live give us your hot freaks in the chat grant you have a few uh yeah let's see First yeah, up, but you guys uh, hated this episode. P.W. Gregor says, in a show half the length of other Trek shows, they managed to introduce new characters and have me care for them more than other shows have been able to. A real treat of an episode. Wow. Facts. I agree. Like, um, not not just the the Vulcan who might join the Cerritos, but now the this Klingon um, lower decks uh, young youngling who stepped up and ascended to be a, a captain showed... Um, heart and uh you know defiance of what their captain was doing to the point where i'm like yeah i'm rooting for him as well so that was that was cool and i hope we do see those those storylines kind of dovetail again we get a return to that character i love that both of the central characters on the other ships the vulcan and the klingon ship were both uh kind of had the a, a classic coming of age story they're the outliers <laughs> who persist in their uh, their uniqueness in order to save the day and really uh, achieve their destiny. You know, the Klingon wanted to be captain and it looks like he's going to be a great captain. 
and the Vulcan, she didn't belong there on the Vulcan, uh, on the Vulcan ship. So maybe she's going to hang out with our Cerritos crew. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, you think she's from Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> maybe a moon. Maybe a moon. Uh, um, Chicky says, love all the different species uh, and lower decks. Um, Kern says, more Talyn, please. I can't wait when she joins the Cerritos and meets Mariner. They'll either love each other or hate each other. I'm guessing hate. I'm seeing a romance arc with Boims. Oh, okay. with Boims? I was like, maybe it's a Mariner to land romance. Could be. Could be. Uh, Thomas Hill says, uh, Grant, um, the, the Klingon ship can't be one rogue ship. There were six in the opening scene. Which, uh, <laughs> I think when they're all attacking the board cube, is that what, what Thomas is referring to? In the intro credits? Uh, Perhaps. Please, I must have missed that. Thomas, we need more information, please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sarah, I've vet PR. Okay. Uh, says, I uh, would love a spinoff series around the new Klingon captain. He was awesome. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm so hoping good. we'll get the opportunity to check in with um, these other ships again. Because I do think, you know, I've heard... Mike McMahon in interviews say he would love to do, you know, 10 plus more seasons of, of lower decks. And so, it, um, but he does not want to ever enter um, the Picard timeline with lower decks. So he sorry. has a Good finite, he has a finite, a finite amount of, uh, <laughs> of time to do that. So I think if you add in these other ships that we can go and check in on from every once in a while, it'll, it'll, it'll help Listen. us out. I think you could have a lot of fun in the Picard timeline, just avoiding certain things, right? Like, I mean, there's I don't some think cool those things. two writers' rooms want to have to coordinate their uh, like timeline planning. <laughs> with there's each so other. many things I want to say, but I won't say because you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, did I, uh, we had one more? Where to go? Where to go? I got one from Chupi. Uh, that's that was it. Chupi says, "Great episode. I thought the Klingon story was really interesting. Love someone is finally calling to account these wandering Klingon captains who just go looking for personal glory." Like I said, it was like uh, Commander Korg or is it Krug? Krug, Commander Krug in uh, Star Trek Three, Christopher Lloyd, and it also kind of reminded me we had, we kind of had two, uh, maybe three really fun. Uh, references to one of my favorite Star Trek movies, Star Trek Five, directed by the Shat. <laughs> Man, Climb I, a rock. I got my my camera right in front of me. It feels weird. <laughs> I have a new setup, but yeah, uh, we had the uh, the rocket boots, mm -hmm. Spock's rocket boots. When we had the uh, Go Climb a Rock T-shirt that that Kirk wears in Star Trek Five, and also the Klingon captain was kind of acting like that. Uh, dickhead Klingon captain that disobeyed orders and just wanted to go and, and fight Kirk. So, yeah. Uh, so silly question about the, um, the hollow deck that they're in when they're doing the climbing. Yeah. Um, he can fall, I guess, and get hurt theoretically, but like the height of the actual hollow deck is still only like probably like 10 feet. Right. So is he only falling 10 feet or 
does it also hold him in air and then force gravity mm-hmm. upon him to, to create? These that are, is wait, these wait, are wait. questions we do not ask. Here's the thing, but that is the <laughs> most Star Trek fan question Grant has ever asked mm-hmm. in his life. So, there is a there is a site called memoryalpha.com. I've seen it. Okay, go ahead and spend some hours there. You'll be fine. I was going to say, I'm sure the holodeck has the capability to make it feel like you are climbing up higher than you actually are um, and falling faster it, and farther than you air actually air. are. Okay. But well, t- typically the when you safety go- protocols were on, which means right. that it would like it would prevent him from hurting himself, which was that tree that broke his fall. Yeah. <laughs> but My- Michael L. has a very good comment. Do not overthink the holodeck. Yes, yes. Very or you hard. will never stop thinking about it. I love the part where suddenly they're under attack and you see all the different groups of people on the ship wearing different costumes. Like some were obviously coming from the... the Renfair. Renfair holodeck. <laughs> or uh, other people were like in swimwear or wherever they were all coming from. And they all gather on the deck. Ah, so. It was definitely a shout out to all of the like holodeck storylines that we've had mm-hmm. over... like, And it's... Like I, I was definitely looking for, I was like, there's always this like medieval times holodeck. I was also looking for like the, the what is it? The, uh, the crime noir, noir, noir mm-hmm. like mystery, the Sherlock's homes. Like, I was looking for like a, a Watson costume. Like those are the ones that we, we get repeatedly. Um, there, was, there was even somebody dressed up like in Victorian garb, like when Catherine Janeway goes into that mm-hmm. holodeck program. And there were two characters when you know when the battle was happening, rushing, and they were wearing those silly leotards that Troy and Crusher wear when they're working out. It's great. Uh, we have a a riddle. I don't understand what this means. How do six cubs not destroy twelve warbirds? I I, I wonder Cube. if this is in reference to the the opening credits, potentially. I don't know. Oh, oh, is this supposed to be cubes? You think? Cube. Yeah. Also, oh. what's a cube? A board cube? I don't know what's going on. Um, I do have a question for you guys. That's why the Cerritos left. (laughs) You're not going to answer that one. Peaced Uh, out. uh, My question is the clay making scene with um, what's that dude's name? Angry Jack. Shacks. 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 What is his species? He's Bajoran. Bajoran. Um, What is their their deal? Are they mad at? Is it? Are they mad at guns? No, the Cardassians. Um, the, Cardassians. The, there was a great Bajoran resistance. The Cardassians took over Bajor, the planet Bajor, for decades. And the Bajorans want it back with resistance cells, with, like, some would say terrorist resistance cells. And Shax was a part of that. So it's a long-running thread mm-hmm. in, in um, Trek history that a lot of the Bajorans have this, have these, have this trauma from fighting in the resistance. Okay. Yeah. So it's, when Boimler's casually asking about, about like how was his home planet or his home or whatever, mm-hmm. that was just a trigger for him. Yeah. I, I think what's interesting about it is it, it kind of shows cultural insensitivity. Because when you think about Bajor, Bajor has got this rich history, but for so long they were occupied, right? And so f- the way Star Trek has portrayed them is that while everybody else is like, hey, we're going to go to Ryza and we're going to do this and we're so relaxed. They were fighting for their lives and their planets all the time. Mm-hmm. So when he when when Boimler's like, what do you do for fun? He's like, there's no time for fun. Like that was 
kind of the running joke to Mike's point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I thought it was kind of like right. I thought that was like they nailed the tone and and I got the joke because some of the most, I guess you'd say the most famous or well most well-known Bajorans are going to come into the, they're going to be uh, Kira, Major Kira, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be Ensign Rolaren, who neither have pronounced senses of humor. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. But yeah, they're definitely dealing with the uh, uh, their Bajorans dealing with the the trauma of mm-hmm. of the occupation for sure, and fight and fight against it. Um, let's. I really want to talk about. I was going to mention this in my hot freak, but I forgot that battle at the end was so riveting it looked great the yeah. animation looked yeah. awesome and then there was a uh, hint in the score to some of the original star trek movies as well mm-hmm. uh which was was great and it really got me into it and i haven't been this riveted by a star trek like battle scene in a long time and i did not think that would come from lower decks yeah, like when that uh, Vulcan ship comes through and takes that fire mm. as the Cerritos is about, I was like, oh, they've like really built out like a thrilling battle scene for this ending here. So I'm really, I'm excited to see what they do for the finale. Um, I did see some folks talking, and we've mentioned this a few times, that the Packlid storyline still continues to make me uncomfortable in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm hoping that something comes around by the end of the finale, but we will... I doubt it it as well, but we'll see. I think they're just going with it, and that's just how this uh, they're going to be depicted. I'm going to call my shot here. We're going to see more packlets, and this is going to be a renegade packlet cell. Um, And so we'll see a, I don't know, a more evolved, more... Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see a, like a, a leader, of, maybe like a something. I I I I gotta believe that it's not just gonna there. It's not gonna end like this. I listen. We always talk about writers on this show. We talk about like in Discovery. We you know we talk about writers. We don't talk about writers so much on that other show. But here, I'm gonna say. I tr- I'm I'm trying to trust the writers. I can't believe that they're gonna take us this whole season, and. And we're just going to end with that portrayal of the Packlets. There's got to be a payoff. There's got to be something where we're going to go. Ah, so I'm 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 riding with the writers on this that they're they didn't make I, that decision. The whole I just time. think Mike McMahon thinks they're a uh, they're a joke, and they're they're good for mining jokes from, and that's it. I don't think we're going to get any deeper than that, which I don't know, doesn't bother me, but um, yeah. They're, we've talked about it before how kind of problematic the uh, the depiction of the packlets can be for a number of reasons. Taking a, a <laughs> step to the side from that, um, the character of Talyn. Let's assume that this was a this was definitely an indication that she'll be joining the Cerritos. How do you feel that her character, her Vulcan character, for anyone who's not sure who I'm referring to? Um, how do you think her character would match match up and mesh with our our current core four? Well, I, go ahead, Mariah. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like Tendi is going to automatically just like hold on because I mean, we saw how she was with um, 
what was it hamster laundry basket that like (laughs) peanut hamper peanut hamper um and i feel like tendy is gonna just like hold on tight and and be like the perpetual optimist that she always is and then i can't decide like we've sort of said like either mariner is gonna like love her or hate her and then yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see where they where they take those character interactions i i can't see her having anything but friction with Mariner and likely with Boimler as well. If, if her and Boimler are both competitive for um, the, the, the smartest, most studious, I guess, uh, then he's going to feel, you know, threatened by that. And Mariner, um, her laissez faire kind of attitude coming into direct competition with someone who's um, hyper competent and might also kind of, uh, exude a, a degree of leadership that might make the other three kind of look to her instead of Mariner is also going to add to conflict. That would be my guess to where they would go with that. Um, and then, yeah, Rutherford and, and Tendi don't really make waves, so they're both going to be um, just friendly and then also kind of going along with the flow of anything. I mean, how funny would it be, though? I would love to see Rutherford have, like, a big conflict character. Like, maybe it's, like, too logical, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the like, um, his uh, implant is just, like, can't compute and deal with the logic of it all. I think it would be interesting if, like, we saw in this episode how Talyn, uh diverts so much from the other Vulcans in her crew. Because she kind of goes with her gut, right? And that's kind of what all the great uh, officers in Starfleet do. So it would be interesting if she gets on the Cerritos or another Starfleet ship. And she realizes she's not so special, even though she is. But she feels that way. It's kind of when, uh, you know, you're you're the... uh, You excel at a certain thing in high school. And then you go to a big city college and you're just... One a of little fish, <laughs> one of several hundred uh, exact copies of you, or something like that. You know, so she might she might maybe f- find some uh, some difficulty. I think that would be kind of a an interesting plot to mine. I was I was trying to to kind of think if we've seen something in Star Trek before. I was like, is this like the new what? And it took me a minute. And then there there kind of two that jumped out at me. But differently, um, it's. I feel like Talyn's going to be like the new Seven of Nine, hmm. or kind of the new, like I mentioned earlier, Ensign Rolarian, where what we see is, and more like Seven of Nine, where she's going to come in and be very logical, and even though she was, she was kind. Con- considered the emotional one. When you think about our Lower Decks crew, they are very emotional, right? They are uber emotional and i think that's going to be a little bit of a challenge but i think as we see you know the season three progresses we're going to see her become an integral part of this crew right um but i think we're i think that's going to be we're getting set up for season three and i think it's going to be interesting but i i don't think she's going to mesh well at first because she's she's it's going to be kind of a shock to the system there was this great um, thread. I want to say it was like a Tumblr thread or something I read about 
why humans are ridiculous in the Trek world. I think I brought it up on one of our podcasts a while back, but it's that humans in, in the world of Trek are absolutely crazy and they try bonkers things that no one logically would ever try, um, mm-hmm. which makes them so unpredictable and such a, a dangerous threat among all species out there. Um, and then having her come onto a ship like the Cerritos, which is, uh, kind of this this redheaded stepchild of the fleet so to speak no offense to redheads mariah (laughs) Uh, but um that they're they're ignored they're neglected but they also get into crazy situations that we've already seen don't always follow a logical path to their conclusion um i wonder if she's just going to absolutely struggle as well with being around this type of crew until she's able to kind of let go and find a balance between um, that, that other side of her that does kind of gravitate toward um, being defiant of, of her, her Vulcan code. Yeah. She'll, she'll certainly have a a character arc and a struggle to go through. I hope. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, um, I think she's going to, just like a, a lot of good coming-of-age character stories, you're going to have to find that balance, right? Between where you come from and who you can be. Um, so I think there, it, she's really primed for that kind of story. Although it would be funny to see her come on, come in and then just excel so quickly that she quickly moves past our four main characters and becomes mm. like a bridge crew member right away. <laughs> mm. That could be great too, yeah. That could be funny. I did see, I think um, Chupi was commenting and it was definitely something, It's it was a good point um, about how uh, Mariner and um, Captain Freeman were talking about how Mariner still suffers from uh, bad cramps and Captain Freeman has uh, menopause hot flashes. And I, I would agree if we have not figured this out by this time frame, I have no hope for myself. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I love the idea that their mother-daughter day of hanging out is really hostile, but in a way that's super therapeutic for both of them. Yes. <laughs> be able to just like, like just argue and fight and, and snip at each other. But at the end, they're like, that was actually pretty good. We needed that. <laughs> that's yeah. That's uh, fond. <laughs> yeah. The game they were playing in the holodeck was the game that um, uh, Seven of Nine and Janeway play in Voyager. And they, they kind of try to release tension that way too, when, especially when they're upset at each other. It's pretty cool. It it does seem like, I mean, one of the biggest benefits of having a holodeck is to release tension. So I'm glad that they could get that out because they do seem sometimes to just want to kill each other. <laughs> they Wizzy can go Wig. pretend to do that. <laughs> yeah. WYSIWYG has, has a good point about Talyn. Talyn has an act for engineering, so maybe a triangle with Rutherford and Tendi. I feel, I feel Mariner and Boims will feel threatened by her competence. So I'm, I, I'm a- I agree with that second part. I'm gonna call him a shot here because this is like I'm I'm trying to channel my you already inner called your shot earlier. Here's the deal. I'm trying to be like Mariah. Like on Discovery, Mariah has all of the great like like <laughs> crazy fan theories. I'm I'm trying to get here. This we've got a we've got a, a Clyde a Clyde Mariah, Mariah prediction. <laughs> there is going to be a battle where the Cerritos has to separate a battle bridge, and we're gonna see the lower decks crew. At the stations, and you're gonna see like, and they're gonna need to Lynn to be like that fifth super like bridge crew. That I'm calling it. Calling my shot. 
All right. Battle Bridge Lower Decks crew. You know, I'm here for really it. Fun. We had a like really it. interesting comment here from Chris Rogers, which kind of uh, mm-hmm. relates to that. It said, uh, I noticed the different Lower Decks crew were representative of the ideals of their respective races. The bridge crew were the complications of those races. I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts Steep. on that. Yeah, I mean, even down to like, I mean, it was kind of a, a, a jokey line, but it was like, save me a seat at lunch unless I die an honorable death then somebody else can have it. And it was like for the Klingons, it's like, right. yeah, it's like they have friendship and they have community, but ultimately they are warriors. Right. Like, and that is like their ethos. And, um, you know, I think similarly, like when they walk into the meditation room and they're like, why you're not meditating, you're still working. And, um, uh, Talyn was like, well, I have, I have great, you know, um, goals and I want to work towards those goals and I want to get these things finished so that I can work on the next thing. And I feel like that super productivity and hyper focusing and all of those things are very Vulcan ideal ideals. Very, very much. And you know that um Talyn was representing the ideals of what the Vulcans could be and should be because she quoted Spock in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love that as she walked out after getting her punishment, she also gave a sarcastic Vulcan salute mm-hmm. in the most Vulcan yeah. way possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of like, it was also like Zachary Quinto in uh, 2009 when he gets denied by the uh, Vulcan panel. It's like, mm. live long and prosper. Also, yes. fuck you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was like, that was one of the most like sarcastic, disrespectful, like sirs I've ever heard. Like, I was like, hmm, if you look at the transcript of what she said, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. But if you think about how she said it, it was a big middle finger to the, to the high council. Yeah. Like, I also want to say to Lynn, like, I, the more I think about this character, the more I really love this character. Because the quote, I looked up the quote that she uses in that scene where they're saying that she's not meditating enough um, is... The quote from Spock, which is, logic is the beginning of wisdom, not the end. And Spock says that in Star Trek VI in the context of uh, he's only discovered that after years and decades of growing and changing and learning and having so many experiences. So he's a senior officer, and he had come to that conclusion that logic is the beginning of wisdom, not the end, at that point in his life. She is... Uh, in the lower decks, so, which means she's young, just starting her career, and she is already building upon that idea. So she's way ahead. She's a smart character. I was I was going to ask you guys the follow up um, to Chris Rogers' question, but I guess he also kind of touches on it because I was going to say, how does that apply to our Cerritos crew? He says uh, our Cerritos crew frequently represents Starfleet ideals, while the bridge crew is a representation of politics and BSs of of advancing, which. Do you think that's a little bit um, kind of the goal, the aim of this show is to show that when when we start off young, we're we're idealistic and we we are able to kind of exude those 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 ideals um, and, and those what what you're striving for in any institution, but corruption is just kind of a natural progression of this, and we lose sight of those things. I, I don't. I don't want to say it's corruption, but I think you're on to something. Jaded, corrupt, whatever it is. So so one of the things that that I think about is I've been, you know, when I think about my career, some of the best 
kind of roles I've had is when I've had a leader and the leader has said, hey, what I want you to do is to do that thing that you do really well. And I'm going to handle the politics and the nonsense that goes on. Right. I'm going to shield you from that. I brought you here to do what you do. So do it. And I think that is, that's something that I've had very rarely in my career. Cause what happens is the more you kind of advance. And I think we see this in, in, in lower decks is that there's a point where the lower decks crew is allowed to really do stuff. Now they don't get to do all the fun stuff or the cool stuff, but their responsibilities is really just to do their job right to the best of their abilities. And unfortunately that often means moving canisters from one side of the room to the other side of the room. Right now, that being said, when you get to be a bridge crew, I think what we're seeing is that there are a lot of politics involved, especially when you're not on the the flagship of the Federation, right? Like they're honestly looking like, like Freeman's looking and going, I'm on a California class ship, right? My ship looks like a shuttle compared to some other ships. I want a bigger, better ship. Like I want, you know, a bigger, more prestigious role. I want to do first contact, not the logistics of second contact, right? Like they have these aspirations because, you know, they're they're Starfleet officers, right? And I and I think that brings in the politics because now there's the maneuvering, and so I, I think that's what we're seeing. So I don't want to say corruption, but it is a self-centeredness mm. right a self-promotion that we're seeing with the bridge crew um that we're getting and i think it's mostly from freeman i don't know that we're getting that necessarily from, well i feel like we were getting it for ransom but mm-hmm. we're not I don't, I don't feel a whole lot from ransom or shacks or tiana ransom mm-hmm. has chilled out on that ever since uh his head expanded gigantically and he was a big head in space after that experience he kind of yes. chilled out Yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's like the power of ambition and like ambition can drive you to do great things, but it can also drive you to do not so great things and just for the sake of it. Right. Yeah. It's all about the balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Before we go out, I do want to mention some of my favorite references from this episode. I'll already mentioned the, the rocket boots and the go climb a rock t-shirt and the whole rock climbing thing from the opening of Star Trek five, the final frontier. And uh, there were there were a lot of um, uh, references to Star Trek Six, mm-hmm. and one of them was um, uh, the Klingon captain Dorg echoing General Chang, uh, quoting Shakespeare like you do, and you, if you're in a Klingon ship, ship, cry havoc and let the dog let slip the dogs of war. <laughs> That's from uh, Julius Caesar, I think, and then. Um, this this reference was a DS9 reference, but it was also um, uh, a Lower Decks reference or a callback. When at the end of the episode, when Rutherford is hanging out in his bunk, he has the completed DS9 model that Tendi gave to him as a gift uh, mm. earlier in the uh, the Dupler episode. So that's a callback, and he's already finished it and he's playing with it, admiring it. <laughs> I like that. Can can I just say I thought it was crazy cool. We see the Lower Decks crew in their bunks in that hallway so often. When we saw the Klingons and their crew, and then one of them just punched the other one and they fell out of that hammock, I thought that was hilarious. I, I just... 
That's Where hilarious. was the Vulcan crew? Were they also in like the hallway? I don't know. We didn't see their bunks. We opened on yeah. the Vulcans in like that little um I'm assuming like it's their lab. like engineering room. Yeah, lab. Oh, yeah, okay. They don't sleep. They don't they, they don't have they just bunks. meditate. They just meditate, right? Just mostly mm. meditating, bro. Yeah, the uh but the Borg also their bunks are just them hooked up to the wall. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> So, if you guys had to serve on one of these ships, um, which one would you Cerritos. serve on? Cerritos. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's the yeah. most familiar. It's <laughs> it's also listen. It's the one the most conducive ship? for like humans to live on. Well, it's also look if you want to goof off, that's the ship you want to be on, right? Those <laughs> other ships are either a lot of work or you know the threat of death all the time. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, if if I had to choose like one that's not the Cerritos, I might just take a really long nap on a Borg cube. Yeah. Yeah, P.W. Gregory would take the cube. <laughs> uh, so no thinking, ne- just being. <laughs> next week's episode is the series finale, season finale. Sorry, season. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. They yes. Finale. I was like, um, they're already working on four, so <laughs> I can't wait to watch. Like, I wish I could watch right now tonight. I would. Yeah. You could. I could. Potentially. If I, oh, if I, it, I'm saying, if I could, I would. If I could watch it tonight, man, I'd watch it tonight because I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, what do you think? Like, with. I have no idea. I mean, other than the battle bridge, I have no idea what's going to happen. Mm. What do you think, Mike? Um, I'm not really good at predicting this kind of stuff as this podcast has borne out many times, <laughs> but uh, I do, I am excited for some deep emotional twists because Hmm. we got some surprises in this episode where everything, uh, all the ships we were encountering, except the board cube, uh, linked back to the, the packlet thread and, and threat. And I was not expecting that. And that was really exciting. So, um, my expectations are a little higher now for that finale, you know? Um, I think they're going to deliver some surprises, maybe, maybe even, a. If not a battle, then some kind of action that that is spectacular, at least to the level of of the one that this one was. Um, but yeah, I don't have any like specific um, predictions. I know who does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still holding out for the. Uh, we're going to get some explanation. I think of more Mariner trauma potentially. I also. Um, we've been getting more Boimler backstory. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a little bit more out of his character development. Um, and I think we still have a fairly traumatized Tendi from all of this um, losing, not losing, thinking she's lost Rutherford all season. So I'm hoping we get a few emotional payoffs in the character arcs. Ooh. And then, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to, we're going to have something epically amazing knowing the lower decks people, like it's going to feel like a movie done in 22 minutes. So those are my official predictions. I mean, it does oh, feel like, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Before we jump into your guys' predictions, which I want to hear, um, I had this kind of like thought, about lower decks that is uh, half baked and it's going to come out poorly articulated. So you know, par for the course. Oh, but, let's zoom in. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, uh, all the new Trek we're getting—it's—it's it's Trek made for 2021, right? It's Trek made for the the world we're living in now, with all the social change um, more than ever, right? And for the 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 more futuristic, uh, big budget. Um, 
uh, uh, blockbuster spectacle uh, visual style, like in Discovery and what we've seen in Picard. So it's different, obviously, than the the original Trek series and the '90s Trek series. And what this this show is is subversively doing is giving us the um, uh, I guess the accoutrements of of '90s Trek. It feels it kind of looks like TNG and DS9, and it feels comfortable for a lot of old Trek fans. But the storytelling and the small details of this entire series are so of the moment they feel so modern um and i i'm trying to even things like um the food choices that they replicate from the replicator you know they have like street food and things like that mm -hmm. and the some of the just some of the mindsets and and uh, the views expressed on this show they're very um very progressive and very of the now. So although this show is delivering some nostalgia for a lot of old Star Trek fans, it's really taken the characters and the storytelling um, into the modern day in a really great, great way. Agreed. I think we lost Clyde. Yeah. He, he just had to was... step off for a minute. There he is. Uh, you know, I, I think similarly, if we think about how the first season ended, you know, we have, the, the big reveal of, of Mariner and uh, Clyde's gone uh, <laughs> of Mariner and uh, her mom and then Boimler uh, leaving and Rutherford dying only to be uh, you know brought back again or no uh, him being kind of saved but deactivated and losing his memory uh, you know a lot of big beats happened there and part of part of what I feel is we've seen in this season is a lot more of the um, expansion of the Cerritos crew to being more family. Like all of them seem closer. The uh, the upper the upper decks, whatever they're called, and lower decks, um, to the point where I'm like, okay, it feels like what you would do there is give Freeman that win, where she gets her other ship, and we break everyone apart. Um, everyone's no longer on the same ships. Uh, that could be a season three thing as well, but it seems like that's what they've been hinting at a lot. And so I wonder if they're, we're going to get um, the whole band broken up. And <laughs> what is that? Or, do? ooh, here's a, a wild Mariah prediction. Oh, Mariah prediction. Hey, I've been waiting for this. I got a um, So the show, unlike most other uh, Star Trek shows, is not named for the ship. Right, it's lower decks. It's not Voyager. It's not Deep Space Nine. So, what if our whole crew is going to move to a bigger ship by the end of the season? Mm, they upgrade. They upgrade. What does it maybe mean? To, lower decks maybe to like a what would be between a California class, but not like Enterprise class. <laughs> uh, Something the New Mexico class. I don't know. <laughs> or or it's a bump down, so it's Ooh. like a Florida class. Mm. Um, I mean, you, the Titan is a Luna class. Delaware. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd that knows that, but um, there will definitely be a, a shakeup of, of the status quo. Whether it's just like bringing on the Vulcan character, or like having the captain graduate to a bigger ship. Um, what I would vote for, if we want like a really fun shakeup to the status quo, after watching this episode, I want the officer um, exchange program. I want to see all our lower deckers go on different ships. You know, put Boimler on the Klingon ship. Uh, put Rutherford on the on the Vulcan ship. Let's let's see that. That'd be fun. 
we got some um, predictions from the listeners as well that I'd run through just a few of these. Uh, Boy- William Boimler must die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Packlets have that bomb. What are they going to do with it? So They still uh, have the bomb, yeah. The boomers, off, they have a boomer. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rogers says, I love Shax. I hope they kill him again and bring him back. <laughs> every season. No, he's going to be every Kenny. season. <laughs> uh, Thomas Hill says, the Borg Cube will become active and the USS Titan will return. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that'd be kind of sweet. Um, and then uh, James Worm says, I'm guessing it'll be at least 40 minutes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, cool. I think. Uh, Oh, and uh, Michael Elf says, I'd love to see the Titan again, but it might not be a battle finale. I do think Mariner will be separated from the others in some way. Interesting. A lot of thoughts. Yeah. Super interesting. Oh, I saw the Mariah banner on there. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> no more Clyde, did you have time. a last prediction? I know you had some trouble there when we were doing predictions. No, I was I was trying to I got distracted trying to look up ship classes by size and that was a <laughs> whole memory it's alpha memoryalpha.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there and and like you said, it, like every time I go to memory alpha, there's a that's you know an hour and a half I've lost forever. How um, do holodex work real quick? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think from a, a, any final predictions, I would just say um I don't know. I'm looking for uh, a, a big twist. We've got a new character in the penultimate episode. Um, and so I think, I don't know. I definitely think somebody might die and come back. Um, am I going to call another shot and say it's Freeman? We'll see. Mm. That could be an emotional roller coaster for Mariner mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else we want to say about this episode of Lower Decks? I'm I think sure, that's all I got. I'm sure there were so many references. There's so much going on in this episode, even though we had like an hour long chat about it. I'm sure there's more to talk about. So if you want to, Grant, where can people talk about episodes like this with other Trek fans that are nice and positive? Reddit.com. <laughs> Go to Reddit. It's going to be positive yeah. and Reddit is in mind. <laughs> if you want somewhere safer, somewhere delightful, come join us on our Slack channel at Patreon. Uh, if, by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. If you do the $2 an episode pledge, you'll get a, a, an invite to our private Slack channel where you can talk about Trek with. Uh, there's a ton of us over there. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's positive, good vibes, and um, just, just love of this world. So we'd love to have you over there and you'd be supporting this show, which we also appreciate. We do. We do. Mariah, your turn. Yes. You can visit star Trek pod.co for links to find everywhere. You can listen to or watch this show links to all our social media is also there. And I bet Clyde might have some shouts for folks who help us out with the social means. Yes, please. If you love our social medias like we do, then give a shout out to Karen, Jane worm who run our Insta and our Twitter. All right, that's all we got. We'll be back next week, next Thursday, same time, to uh, review the season finale of Lower Decks. Until then, live long and prosper. Bye. Save the Patreon. Keep your pants on. Or not.